Welcome to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor, Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs counseling, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and again. Welcome back to part two of our episode on maternal mental health. If you missed part one, I highly suggest you go back and start there before moving forward. In part two, you'll be hearing much more from Amy and her personal story. Amy discusses her struggle with perinatal anxiety and depression. Listening back to this, I realized that this was the first time I'd ever heard someone discussing their actual first-hand experience with postpartum. Typically, I find that when I hear the topic being discussed, it is often theoretical, hypothetical, or a story about someone else's struggle. And I found myself somewhat amazed at this realization. If this is such a common, but not normal, experience, why hadn't I heard anyone talking about their personal experience facing anything like this? Why hasn't this entered our day-to-day dialogues either? Where's this hashtag me too I also struggle with depression as a parent campaign it was here that I realized the hidden agenda within this super mom syndrome or guilty mom syndrome if you like is widespreading and subtly suppresses real truth for those that don't know super mom syndrome is the idea that every mom must have it completely 100% together. Otherwise, she is inundated with guilt and thus feels like a bad mother. While I cannot personally fully understand this feeling, I do often hear whispers about this. Comics online that tend to make the exhausted mom a punchline of every joke. Funny stories of a mother who can't get dinner on the table in time. Or how about our collective experiences of seeing some poor mom yelling at her child at the top of her lungs for the smallest, most innocent mistakes. Truth is, the effects of postpartum are absolutely everywhere. We just have to open our eyes. But before we talk about that, let's talk about how long you suffered. I actually went undiagnosed for four years. Wow. We had our first child, and I did have a very traumatic birth with her. The pregnancy was fabulous. I mean, it was just like anything I could have dreamed of had a great pregnancy with her. And I was one of those moms who went in, oh, I'm going to be, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to leave this hospital, you know, back in your like pre-pregnancy genes, everything's going to be great. And it all fell apart in the delivery. And so by that traumatic event, I, I started out the gate, you know, unwell, but nobody caught it. I didn't know it. Nobody addressed it in the hospital. And so then we get home. And as Debbie mentioned, um, with the bonding aspect, it took me three months to bond with my daughter. And I never could understand that because you you hear that there's this instant love and my life was complete and I'm whole as a mother. And so I didn't understand why didn't I feel that way? You know, when I was bottle feeding our daughter and I would there look at her, it felt like she was a stranger. It was like I was babysitting someone else's child. And so 
Um, but it just became our new normal. That just became how we, we did things. I started, and it sounds so cliche-ish, but it's so true. All of the things that I enjoyed before, I didn't want to do those things anymore. Mm -hmm. I became very sullen and very inside. I stopped doing the going out, doing anything that was enjoyable to me. But I just assumed this was motherhood. This was how all moms did it. This is the way it was supposed to be. You didn't have any other experience to go by. Right? I had nothing to judge mm -hmm. it by. And if you look at TV and you look at how Facebook. things are, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, all of that, I knew there was something wrong with me, or so I thought, mm -hmm. because I wasn't living up to the way these moms looked, and they were always put together, and their house was always clean, and the laundry was always done. And I'm over here struggling to get through the day. Yeah. And so that added a lot of guilt and a lot of pressure to me, like having to put on that super mom face when I was out, mm -hmm. never letting anyone know that I was struggling. Because we assume that, oh, this is going to be second nature. And, and you touched on that. It's all supposed to come naturally. I'm supposed to mm -hmm. know what to do. And when you don't, like how do you tell somebody that? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't. So we went... Our daughter was two, things got a little bit better because we just functioned that well. Sure. And then with our son, um, the, the, the pregnancy itself was not good. It was a really bad pregnancy. Mm. Um, but so we scheduled a cesarean because I knew I could not go through the trauma again of having you know a vaginal delivery with him. So the, preg the delivery went great. Within three days, when we left the hospital, I had bonded with him. It was like I got back all of what I lost with our first child, and everything was great for about six months. And then literally that's when the bottom fell out for me mm -hmm. with him, and it just progressively got worse. And like we talked about in the beginning, what we call perinatal is, you know, during pregnancy and up to that first year. Well, if you go undiagnosed in that first year, there's not like this magic switch that says, oh, Baby just turned 12 months. Mom's better. Everything's great. I took that into the next year and the next year, and things just got worse. So, unfortunately, I went four years undiagnosed mm -hmm. until I had lunch with a friend of mine, and she had four children. And so I thought, well, gosh, if she can live and she can survive and they're all healthy and normal, <laughs> maybe she can give me the, you know, the secret. How can I become a better mother? And so we sat there and we talked, and at the end of the lunch... Of course, I didn't disclose anything to her about how I was suffering because, you know, you can't do that. You're perfect moms when you're out with your mom friends. <laughs> and so, but she, she mentioned to me, she said, I remember when I had little ones and how hard it was. And she said, you know, I moved away from my friends and family. We didn't have anyone. And she said, I never wanted to kill myself. She said, but I had thoughts of taking an entire bottle of pills and just not waking up. Mm. And I sat right there in front of her and I was in shock and I was like, she knows, she knows how I feel. I didn't even tell her, but I instantly knew that there was another human being on this planet that knew what I was going through and the depth of the pain that I was suffering. And that's what changed my life. And so hopefully someone's listening to this one conversation and they get that enlightenment that I'm not alone, that there are other people. This is so common and nobody talks about it, but that's where we are now and we get out and this is what we want to do and we love getting out, educating those moms, getting the providers and, and therapists. You guys go through school and you're never given this information. You don't know that this is, you know, any of this. So 
This and is, even even when you went to counseling, if I remember right, it was really it took you quite a while to even disclose that to your therapist, right? When I went, I went under the guise of something else because I thought, well, if I just kind of hint around that I'm slightly depressed or I'm slightly anxious, she's going to give me some material that's going to help me get well. I couldn't look at that woman and say I have thoughts of getting in my car and driving away and never coming back mm. because I kept thinking they're going to think I'm crazy, they're going to take my babies from me, and they're going to lock me up. That's all I can think of. And so luckily, the therapist did give me some very great coping skills, and I was able to build on that. But then, you know, I'm, I'm slightly different in that I started really educating myself. Mm. I read every book I could come across. I started taking maternal mental health training courses. I went back to school got in some psychology um, courses and things like that. So I'm so different in that aspect than the majority of moms who aren't going to, to do that or be able to do that. So this is why we try to provide very simple, this is what this looks like, this is how you can get help, and you can get better from this. Mm. Yeah, that is very common. It's so common. And we even now have studies that show that postpartum anxiety is as common if not more than postpartum depression, because this is just now starting to come out that that anxious mom, that worrisome mom, that hypervigilant mom, that we all just kind of laugh at at the park, or you know that super super hyped up PTA mama, or all those things that we just take for granted. You know, there's a high likelihood that that mom really may be suffering, and she's just high functioning. Yeah. So yeah, that I think is you know one of the big myths is that you know who who's gonna really understand my story? Mm -hmm. um, what's gonna happen if I tell my story? Mm -hmm. Can this person is this person trained to really you know understand? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part of our mission is to is to get the word out there, tell you know moms that this is normal, help even therapists. It's common. It's very common. Um, so we, with the work that I do, we do try to say it's common but not normal okay, because yes. that's where we try to draw the line and mm -hmm. we let them know that's why it's abnormal, that's why it's outside and we, we need you to, to be referred out and get help is because yes. the way you're feeling, it shouldn't be this way. It doesn't have to be this way, but it is so common. part of what you're doing is dismantling myth. Uh, it seems like once that's done, it's, it's a lot, lot And you easier. hear the word thrown around a lot of times, stigma, and it's so yeah. true. The myths and the stigma and the shame that surround this sometimes can be so insurmountable that that mom will not reach out for help, yeah. that she won't even talk to her husband or her best friend or, or anyone like that. Or maybe they don't have the language right. to, to capture that. I, I can see that being a difficulty too. But um, I guess for each of you, I, I'd love to hear your opinion on what is the sort of the biggest myth that you keep coming across that you want to sort of um, dispel here and now and, and, and help uh, moms and, and certainly some dads in this scenario um, sort of 
re-understand, understand correctly, and, and maybe lead to some really great change? Well, I know as a therapist, I was, you know, trained kind of from the perspective that, you know, you don't do medications um, during pregnancy, and especially not during breastfeeding too, but um, that is something that um, really needs to be looked at a little bit um, closer because um, what you really have to look at is the pros and the cons. And, um, you know, I went to a training recently and had a gynecologist um, here from the Atlanta area that does primarily nothing but research this. And, mm -hmm. and there are safe medications that can be taken, uh, especially, you know, if a mom already has a history of this, maybe she's coming in already with a mental health diagnosis. And the idea of her going off her medication while she's pregnant might not be a really good thing. You know, mm -hmm. you have to look at what's going to be best for mom um, versus, you know, the possible consequences of the baby because things that happen to the mom and what the mom's going through affects the baby no matter what, right? Sure. And even afterwards. So um, finding someone that's, that's trained in this area that has... Um, really done their homework and researched um, there's some you know even some sources that um, we can provide that that provide information about what medications are safe um, during pregnancy and breastfeeding um, because we don't want to like follow that belief that oh you've got to be off of everything yeah because that's not necessarily true that's very good to hear. There has been some excellent research and studies done, science-based evidence, so it's not just a whim. This is not just somebody saying, oh, it's okay, that it is. Obviously, there's going to be a slight crossover with any medication that you take that can cross the placenta or that can be you know, excreted during breastfeeding, but the research is showing us that it's so minimal and that it's a better uh, for the mom to receive her medication to stay stable because if she's pulled off and like Debbie said, she's already on a medication, she has a very high likelihood of relapsing while she's pregnant. And then she has to play catch up when the baby's here in a time when she's exhausted, when she should be at her best. So she can't be what she needs to be for that baby. But like she said, we'll provide you with some great resources that you can post where you can call and speak to an expert and talk to them about, it's called infantrisk.com. They can call, speak with uh, an expert at the University of Texas Tech. That is all they do. And it's not just like your SSRIs, your antidepressants, your anti-anxiety um, medications. They can answer any medication questions that you have. So that is an excellent, you know, there's that myth that I can't take this while I'm breastfeeding, where that might be that what's best for that mom to get her well and healthy, and it has such a low risk to to affecting that baby, so. And uh, that's free for the people that... Absolutely free. You can go to the website for free, you can call their 800 number, you can speak to a live person wow. that are trained. This is all they study, this is their specialty. So we give that out all the times to moms so that they, and even the doctors, the doctor can call and say, hey, I've got you know a, a patient in here and she's with this and I'm thinking about this medication, she is breastfeeding, what is your best advice? Yeah. And give that website one more time. It is infantrisk.com. And again, it is free. There is a toll-free number that we can post down in the comment section. Yeah. And you can also get on their website. Fantastic, fantastic. And, and, and what's your number one myth that you want to dispel? Probably the number one myth that I would like to expel is that postpartum depression 
and postpartum anxiety are real. That it is something that so many moms suffer with, but yet we nobody talks about it. It, it is, um, it's not just something that happens to certain people or in certain areas, and it's not what we see portrayed in the media. Mm. It is not, it's, that's not it. And so by educating ourselves and by getting the information out and really knowing those symptoms and saying, you know, because even when I was looking at the fact of maybe this is what I have, I still was, was joking it off. Like, I don't have that. That's not me. I'm not crazy. Yeah. I'm not like that. But when I really started breaking down and honestly looking at what the symptoms were, setting my pride aside, setting the fear aside, setting all of that aside, it was like, I'm really suffering with that. That's really how I, I can't sleep mm. when baby is sleeping. My mind is constantly racing. I'm always mm. having these thoughts. And so just taking the opportunity and giving yourself permission to say, okay, maybe I do have this. And knowing that it is treatable, that there are now, we're working so hard in the state of Georgia to get more providers trained Mm -hmm. and to bring that education around. We have some excellent resources here in Georgia. We have a postpartum support international Georgia chapter. And... um, Postpartum Support International, or PSI for short, is actually the world's largest nonprofit that works specifically with maternal mental health issues. They work to get moms educated, families educated, to get providers trained, to really be that resource space that that people can reach out to and say, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. How can you help me? What's what are my options? And so their web address is postpartum. Dot net and in Georgia we're fortunate enough to have a, a, a chapter of PSI so that website is Which you're on the board for <laughs> yes I am very fortunate let me put that out there let me throw that disclaimer out there I am um, on the board of our PSI Georgia chapter and I'm very thrilled to serve on that board and we've got some excellent things going on and you can find more information about what we do at um, PSIGA Org. And so we've got some great resources on there, like a provider list, where you can look up in your area and see if we have a vetted and trained professional in maternal mental health. We also have providers that are on that list, so if you have any questions, you can call us, you can email us, you can visit our website, and we can provide that information for you. So... Yeah, that's, both that's of those true. sites have some really good Excellent resources. information. Yeah, lots of links, lots of resources. And we'll give you some more that you can post down in your comment section. Where you, The main thing great. is really just education. It's getting that awareness out and looking at it and breaking it down where moms and dads and family members can really understand it at their level, where it's not technical and there's not big words that you don't understand. here today, but I want to give you both an opportunity to sort of leave with a, a sort of final thought, uh, maybe something we either didn't get to cover or something you'd like to reemphasize. Um, what's something that you think you would want someone who listens to this podcast to take home with them? What's the, the big thing that you would like them to have in their back pocket from this experience? 
Well, that, you know, they're not alone that and that there is help out there and that um, there's lots of resources and that you you can definitely get better from this you don't have to stay in this place mm -hmm. um, being alone and being um, um, you know in the pain that maybe you're in right now That's good. one of the things that I always like to say and it's kind of like my mantra is that being a mom is hard and no one ever talks about that no one ever tells you how hard it can be to be a mom to be a parent to be a dad and that super mom is a myth we all try to live up to this super mom or this super person, and that can really be a struggle for some, and it can aid, and I know it did for me, in keeping me in that rut of not being able to get well because I had all this other stuff going on, and I had to project this, and I had to be this, and you really don't. There is, just like you said, Debbie, you can get well from this and you can enjoy being a parent. You can enjoy motherhood, and when that child spills that glass of milk, you can say, now go in the kitchen and get a paper towel and let's clean up that milk. Mommy told you not to do that. <laughs> and you can, you know, not that you're going to love every part of being a parent, but it can be enjoyable. It can, you can have your, you can get your life back and you can be a happy mom. And so I hope that that's what somebody takes away. And like you said, most importantly, that they are not alone. That, that this is so common and it happens to more people than you would think. It's just nobody talks about it. Yeah, I think one thing I'll take from this, just listening in uh, to the two of you, is that this is not a matter of, of, of good mom versus bad mom or strong mom versus weak mom. It's not a matter of moms pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. Mm -hmm. uh, that paradigm is completely broken. This is where we need to be there for the other moms, where if they may not have that strong social network, they may not have parents that live by or close friends. And so when we reach out and we connect with them and we say, I'm here for you, you know, I'm further along in this or my kids are a little older, let me help you. And putting away that, that well, no, I, I can do this all myself. I don't need any help. Please help me. Please come over and do a load of laundry. Please come over and watch my baby for an hour so I can take a hot shower, something like that. And, yeah. And, being involved and, and I think part of what what is implied here too is that it that you're not to blame it's mm -hmm. not anything you did wrong you know it's not any deficiency in you um, it just is and you know and there's help so mm. yes that's excellent no I think that's very good well um thank you both Thank for you. your time today. Thank you. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, I'm going to have uh, all your contact information in the description. Great. But if there's anything you want to plug real quick here at the end, this is a great opportunity. I don't know if there's anything uh, you want to plug resource-wise. Uh, do you want to plug your, uh, your CLIMB initiative? We do have a CLIMB Out of the Darkness event coming up in June here in the coming area, which we're going to have, we have all over Georgia. Okay. And what CLIMB Out of the Darkness is, it's the world's largest event that brings awareness specifically to maternal mental health. Okay. So we get together in our communities. Generally, I'm a survivor and I'm leading one. We get our friends and our family members and our coworkers and those together in the community. We come together and we walk or we climb or we do a hike, symbolizing our climb out of the darkness of postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety and into the light of hope and into the you know hope of our future so we get together our event is coming up which debbie will be there helping me 
on June the 23rd. Which coincides with the solstice, the longest day of the year. The summer solstice. So that we can, in theory, shed the most light possible on maternal mental health. And we will be meeting on Saturday, June 23rd at 10 a.m. We're going to have lots of fun activities and games for kids. Then we're going to have coffee and donuts and pastries. We're going to have lots of fun giveaways and prizes. And then we will do a one-mile walk around our park on a paved path. And so um, we'll give you links down below where you can join that if you're interested. We'd love to have you come out and help us just spread awareness about would the Georgia chapter have links to uh, other climbs in the community yes, in Atlanta area? Yes, we have area, 14 Georgia, all over Georgia. So if someone's listening from South Georgia or anywhere in, in, our, in our state, there should be a climb near them. So yes, you'll Perfect. be able to find that information and please join a climb near you. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, it's been great having the two of you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank, uh, you. thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. The Restoration Counseling Podcast is a product of Restoration Counseling of Atlanta, a provider of professional counseling services in the greater metro Atlanta area. If you are interested in pursuing any of our services, if you would like to contact Jared about the podcast, or if you have a notable mental health story that you'd like to share to help inspire others, uh, please reach out to us at info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Again, that is info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Thank you.